Hey, this is Nettie Nitzberg, the Chief Learning Officer and Managing Partner of Staterman Connect. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannitsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders are everywhere, confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I want to welcome you to today's session. I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Nettie Nitzberg, and she is a passionate, results-driven talent development consultant focused on optimizing ROI, return on investment, for small to large global organizations. Nettie's also created and trademarked an end-to-end talent management initiative called Beyond Boarding, a strategic approach to employee and organizational growth and development that focuses on maximizing a company's investments and their most valuable resources, its talent. I don't know about you, but a lot of organizations, they talk about their customers, they talk about stakeholders, profits, but what's more important is their talent. Nettie is the co-author of the new leadership book called Arrive, Drive and Thrive. And so, Nettie, I want to give you a big warm welcome here to the show today. So, yeah, welcome. Thank you, Dennis. Pleasure to be here. Great. And whereabouts in the world are you today? I am sitting in my home office in Boston, Massachusetts, actually specifically South Boston, Massachusetts, which is well known for some of its uh, criminal minds way back in the early 1920s, 30s and 40s. So, Oh, wow. That sounds really fascinating. Yeah, a lot of history. Yeah, a lot of history. Yeah, very good. Now, look, I've just given our listeners a brief introduction to you. Just tell us a little bit more about your background. So... I always thought I was going to be a big uh, a chief human resource officer, people officer in an organization, went to school, got a master's degree in education focused on human resource development, specifically instructional design, started my career with Accenture. So I was kind of on the way in the consulting world, took another job with a company, startup telecommunications job, great organization. It was so much fun being in a startup. And then my life changed. I got married. I had a baby. The company let me go. And I was not sure what to do with my career. I actually moved at that same time. And I moved, if anybody knows, to Buffalo, New York, where it's not the hotbed of jobs, especially when it was in the early 1990s. And I wanted to work. I needed to work. And I had a baby. So I decided to start my own business only out of necessity because I could not find a job. So I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. And here (laughs) I am now, almost 30 years later, still being independent. Now I work with a couple of partners. And in that entire time, I only spent about 18 months 
back inside an organization. I wanted to see what it was like to go back, especially in this day and age. It was just a couple of years ago. I thought it'd be really fun to work with millennials. Thought it would be really fun again to work with a brand new company launching a brand new software. So another startup situation. And it was great for a little while, but I really felt my passion was consulting, even though I never thought I would be a consultant for this long. And here I am back um, in business with two wonderful partners, people I've known for over 20 years. And I have to say, I love what I'm doing, especially because I'm not doing it alone. Mm. I feel like I really am a much better partner consultant having an organization to work with and not having to brainstorm by myself and think by myself and do everything alone. It's really, really, really wonderful now working with the team. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Now, a couple of things you said there, which I want to do a little bit of a dive, a little bit deep dive on that. One is about, you said about going to another organization, because when you said about 30 something years consulting and then I thought, oh, I wonder if you ever went back and then you actually said it. I actually went back for 18 months and you said, I thought it was going to be this. I thought it's going to be that. So, I mean, what was the transition from being in your own business back into a sort of like an organization and back into your own business again? What was that transition like? It was not easy. I thought, you know, oh, I've worked with all these companies and my model used to be to go in and actually work and manage a large project team because I was a resource they were missing. So I had had that opportunity for pretty much my career working with these many large global companies. But when you go in to a company to be the head of learning and development when you've kind of never done that before in a startup environment. And I mean, startup rapid. I interviewed, there were 750 people. I joined, there was 900. And when I left 18 months later, there were close to 2000 people in the organization. So it was explosive growth. And my core competency is learning and development and consulting. And you have to play politics inside an organization. You really need to understand the corporate culture. And I think part of it was we were moving so quickly and I built a team fairly rapidly that it was almost too much. It was so overwhelming. The pace was, I mean, I've never, well, except for now this business, but I had never worked at a pace so quickly. Now we we just work very long hours. And it was absolutely wonderful, but I got burnt out. It was really, really hard to bring on 100 to 150 people a month and as well to build the learning and development organization. So I think for me, it was a little bit, it was burnout because of the pace, but I loved working in the fast-paced environment. I loved working with these founders who were also incredible leaders and who were smart enough to bring a CEO in to run the business. And it was exciting to work with millennials. And after 18 months, I was kind of done with that. I love the pace. I love their energy. But there is a lot to do and a lot going on. And for me, I was really missing the consulting piece of that that work. Right, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fast pace would have been amazing and uh, huge growth. I mean, that's that's massive. And then it's, how do you onboard that many people while also trying to, as you're saying, build the plane as it's flying and trying to build that learning and development area? Fascinating indeed. Nettie, we talked about, of course, we're talking about leadership and things around change in that today. How did you get into leadership? It kind of was a roadmap of when I started off in my career doing learning and development, I was kind of in the sales area. And then I did some customer service work 
And then I started moving more into the skill building area. And then when I was with that startup that I was talking about very early on, we ended up needing to do leadership development. Like most startups, you're, you're hiring young individuals who are very motivated, want to really get far in their career, but they just don't have the skill sets. And even with many startups, what you're also finding is that their managers don't always have the skill sets either because they've been promoted maybe from a technical person to a manager. Mm -hmm. So I got into it because of my background of learning and development and really understanding what, what it takes to be a good leader and starting to build and develop management and leadership development programs and also having the opportunity to work with great leaders in these organizations that I was consulting with to understand what it takes to be a good leader, to understand what the skills are. Mm. And I don't want to say soft skills. We like to call them critical skills that you need and watching them lead and understanding the hows and the whys and the what's of what they're doing. So I got into it through needing to develop really great sustainable management and leadership development programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. How, and I, wow, I would have loved to be been there actually. And that's and just the, the yeah. speed with it and just doing that. Well, it would have been fantastic. Now, you mentioned something mentioned something before and I said there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you and dive a little sure. bit deep. And I, I'm going to go back to the, the second one. And that is you said today that you, you tend to work with two other people, business partners uh, and that. The word collaboration, I think, is huge today. And we're seeing a lot of organizations, leaders needing to collaborate. So from your perspective, how important has that been for you to collaborate with others and why? So if I didn't collaborate, I would never have been in business. So collaboration was probably one of the most important parts of being a consultant. It's also for me, it's how you can get things done. If you can't collaborate, you can't be in a vacuum and do things all by yourself. You need mm. to have a team, the organization for Stater and Connect, our partners. We need to collaborate to be able to see different perspectives, to get work done, to understand what we do best, to understand what each person does best to really look at the whole. And we're seeing that in organizations today. One of the greatest problems that companies are having is collaborate collaboration and especially cross-functional collaboration it's just a area that many managers and even teams and individuals struggle with like working across different teams and functions and with michael and josh my two partners because we've known each other for so long came into business knowing each other but we didn't know each other's like really truly know each other's skill sets. And that took a little bit of time in order to understand where we each did our best working in the business and how to collaborate with each other based on what those skills and competencies are. Yeah, great. Because the reason I'm asking is that I think today in a lot of organizations, whether it's large corporates or small startups, doesn't matter what it is, it's about collaborating and it's about actually understanding what you just said there, roles and responsibilities, skill sets, you know, strengths, weaknesses, and understanding that for sure. And that, I think that's really, really quite, quite important. But I think there's also another piece too, whereby if we can collaborate, we can bring the best out of each other. That's even better. And, and I think today there's probably a lot of people who are thinking due to the pandemic, the last 80 months, two years, thinking about life, thinking about 
some people are actually saying, screw this. I don't want to be around the corporate world anymore. I want to go and do my own business. But then for some of them, it's very there's that fear, that scary side of things of actually doing things. But I think if they can collaborate with someone else and then pull resources together, skill sets and things like that, that's going to be very important. And so then it sort of gives them another avenue, another way or another platform to get underway with things. Cannot agree more because when I left the corporate job, I was like, I want to do consulting, but I want to do it differently. And I want to do it with partners because I need an, an environment where we can collaborate, where we can share, where we can brainstorm, we can bring in different perspectives. And we also have a large group of collaborators that we work with folks that, you know, I've met or Josh has met or Michael's met or people we've met on LinkedIn or have been referred to us. And I think that makes us a better company because we know we can't do it all, but there's others out there who are experts in their field and have the knowledge that we don't have. And we can bring them in as additional resources and partners based on some of the work that we're doing. Yeah, brilliant. Now, this next question is, you may have several, but I'm going to just sort of ask you, well, what's, who's the one? Now, this person can be alive or from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? So whenever I hear this question or get asked this question, I think back to my grandmother Mm. and I wish that she was still alive today because she would definitely be a a woman CEO with a large company. Mm. She was an incredible leader. She owned her own business. My grandmother was in the retail business. She and her brother, she owned her own business, built that business. They had a couple of stores. She was the buyer. She was the chief revenue officer, the chief financial officer. She was unbelievable with customers and she was unbelievable knowing what the market was. She also, my grandfather was a rabbi and my grandmother had a dual role of being what we call in Judaism, the Rebetzin or the rabbi's wife. And that's a huge leadership position also in terms of the congregation and knowing who the congregants are, going out there, working with them, supporting my grandfather, who was the rabbi. And she just also was one of these people that people were drawn to her. She was a large woman and had such a presence, but not necessarily because she was large, but because she was confident, because she was smart, because she was so personable. I think that today she has all the qualities and qualifications of being a true and authentic leader. And when I think of that, she just comes to mind for me. I've seen other super great leaders, but my grandmother just had everything. And I wish in this day and age, when so many women are fighting for those roles, that she could have been here and run an amazing, amazing organization. She's my hero. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Oh, cool. Very cool to hear. And I think it's really great just to hear, because a lot of people come when they they say various people, but, you know, when you just see that your grandmother, that's that's, that's really cool. And I I think it's, it's different, but it's also very close to home, if I can put it that way, right? Rather than being a leader who's been on stage somewhere or in a book or things like that. And so when people ask me that question, my grandfather is the person I say as well. So it's wow. um, it's, it's quite cool. I can relate to what you're saying. Yeah. So Nettie, the, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that title of the show or that statement, what does that mean to you? 
like I said, I've been in this business for about 30 years and I've seen trends in leadership. I've seen leaders who they're a figurehead, leaders who are actually rolling up their sleeves and doing the work. I think that leadership has changed dramatically since the pandemic. And I see that in terms of leaders realizing that they are people too and need to be able to talk to, be with, be seen as authentic. How many times have we now heard stories about, I talked to so many people I'm on Zoom and where I'm talking with a CEO and his young child is walking in the room and needs him or sits on his lap. We've all become vulnerable in the last two years. And I think between the vulnerability The fact that you're bringing people into your homes now that you're on Zoom, you're needing to manage emotions, you're needing to manage with empathy, you are managing people who you can't touch or see in person on a daily basis. I see leaders changing and becoming actually their true authentic selves because of the pandemic. And when we talk to them and work with them, I think they're also more honest that this is where I need help or I'm having challenges with this, where I think several years ago, there were those leaders who would say that, but they were not as common as we're starting to see today. They're also realizing that work-life balance is absolutely the core of what has to be done. They are working a 16-hour day is great, but you just can't keep it up when your wife is home and your kids are home and you're homeschooling your children and they're there day in and day out and you have to take a break or you have to go answer a a homework question or sit with your child or care for an elderly or sick parent or whatever the case is. I really, really, truly think that leaders have changed for the better for the better because of this horrible pandemic that has um, has gone across the world. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's been there's a it's been really massive shift to see that needle move in the sense of what you just shared. Very, very important. And I think a lot of people have struggled with the transition because they haven't gone they don't have the transition to the office or home again now, right? So they've gone from their bedroom just into the lounge area or kitchen area to to do their work. So they found that hard. And then the other thing is I was talking to somebody the other day that I'm coaching and and it was very much a comment that his wife made to him the other day. And it was really what at the end of the day, what the wife saying to him is when you're with me, be present because he's always on, right? And he's always on and looking at the phone, thinking about things, but not actually being with her. And she didn't actually say it that way, but it actually that's what she meant because it was sort of like time for him to wake up and understand that, um, you know, she's important as well and, and you know, spend some time together. So I think that's, that's, that's really cool what you've just shared there. Dennis, like just one more thing that I want to say too is I think that women leaders have had the most difficult time because – They're the caretakers. They're the homemakers. Really, a lot of times, regardless of what is going on. And we have, Josh does a lot of coaching as well. And he's had to coach it to hours that he may not have because that's when somebody's, the kids are asleep or they've gone into the bathroom to have a coaching call or they're in the closet or sitting in their car. And I think that also has impacted how we see leaders across the board and that 
and I hate to do this, but I think some of the male leaders need to step up and actually have realizing that their wife is at home. She could be the CEO. She could be in a, a large company. She could be, she probably has a really amazing and important job and it's just important as his. And she shouldn't be the one that's always having to step aside. So, mm. And I've got to go back to that word that we talked about before about collaborating. So I think they need to collaborate better. And it's an awareness of understanding that, you know, everyone has a role in the family, but also has a role in the corporate or in the business, whatever it is. Yeah. And we actually need to understand that and keep to that and then hold each other accountable to it. We're really important. Now, we're living in a world that's really fast pace ever changing and um, and as, as you talked about even with that startup it was very fast paced but we're living in a world whereby what do you think it makes a leader successful today in this fast paced ever changing world flexibility mm. I think integrity I think they need to be agile I think that leaders today need to be insightful and need to be able to be real in front of their teams, in front of their organizations. And I think they need to be more than anything approachable. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Can I dive a little bit deeper in some of those? Please. Yep. So flexibility, what do you mean by that? How do they need to be flexible? What should they do? I I think that what happened was one day we were in the office and the next day we were home Mm. and nobody had the chance to really Unless you were a work from home. I mean, I've always been remote or, you know, I had a virtual office, but I think they are recognizing that you need to accommodate different people that have different needs, teams that are dispersed, teams that are global. You have people reporting to you or reporting up the ladder that have never worked in an environment like this. And you probably as a leader may never have worked in that environment. And I think that you need to be flexible because things are going to be coming that you've never had to deal with. And you need to be able to pivot on a moment's notice. And I think that that is a leadership skill that probably wasn't at the top before and now has become probably the essence of one of the top 10 flexibility. That's good. Great. Good, good um, um, explanation. there. Now, the other one was insightful. When you say insightful, what, what can leaders do to be insightful? They need to put themselves in the place of their employees or their shareholders or their customers or the marketplace. I think they need to start looking at their business and how they're running their business from all different perspectives, not just from the top down. They need to think about, you know, the marketplace or the customers. Like I, I can't get to you. I now am supply chain, all of those issues. There are employees who are now working from home and talk about these startups. They're probably like four people working in a two bedroom apartment and all trying to figure out where they're going to sit and have a conference call. And what can you as a leader in a company do to help make that happen for them to help make it easier for those employees. And then, you know, for the people reporting up to your leaders in your organization that have never, ever, ever had to manage remote teams, what do you do to support them? How do you lead them? What kind of conversations do you have? Do you have now office hours that are open or you're doing a lot more town halls or meeting with your leadership team? So I think there's so many different, like almost 360 degrees of what leaders need to do 
to mm. look at everything that is out there and not just from the top down. Oh, absolutely. So in other words, listeners, not only look forward, but also look backwards, look upwards, look downwards, look sideways, left and right. You need to look everywhere. Um, and that's being insightful and understanding everybody and everything that's going on to enable you to help out. And now, Nettie, you just talked about how we need to be sort of as leaders looking through at, leader, at employees through our lenses as leaders. Now, let's flip that on its head. Now, let's look through the lenses of an employee. Um, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? I think that because they're not in the office or on the executive floor, although a lot of that changed with this last startup I was with, everybody was sharing offices, including the CEO and all the founders. There was like four of them packed into an office. Now we don't even have offices anymore, but I think that they are, I think some of the hierarchy has changed. I think the organizations have become a little bit flatter. I think that there's, they're expecting their leaders to be more available to understand the problems and the issues and the challenges that they are going through. I think they're also expecting their leaders to be their full authentic selves. And it's easier to do that, I think, when you're sitting in your home office or, you know, you're in a car or you're not in where the office and building you were in was the company culture. Now the company culture is who you are as a leader and what your organization is. And it's, I think that's one of the biggest challenges for both employees and organizations is that company culture has shifted. It's changed. It's not going to go back to, I got a great office and I have foosball and ping pong and beer taps and lots of wine in the refrigerator. It, it's all changed. And many of the startups really, being in Boston, it's just, you know, like technology world and biopharma, biotechnology. So many companies were built on what their offices were like in that culture. And it's had to change and the leaders have to help make that change. Yep. Very good. That's good. Very good. Hey, um, if I get you to get your crystal ball out now and start thinking about the future, where do you see leadership being in five years? It's a hard one. I was listening mm. to a couple of your podcasts and a few people were saying that's really hard to predict. I think it's hard to predict because we just don't know. Now we have this new variant that's just hit the world again. And we're looking at, is the stock market going to tank? Are we closing down again? Are we closing our borders? I think leaders will continue to need to be flexible. They will need to be able to be available. I think that company culture today is going to be even more important, but more important around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging and creating an organization where you're looking to hire folks that maybe you never would have hired 10 years ago or five years ago, because also now they're accessible. I think that when we look at the Gen Z and the millennials, they're asking for very different things. They're not as money motivated now as they are diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging motivated. If a company doesn't have a diversity policy or they're not an inclusive work workplace, I think that's where I see leadership moving towards really changing who they are, who they hire, how they are inclusive, how they create a sense of belonging as their company culture and being open to more diverse thought, more diverse 
everything, just not gender, sexuality, religion. I think diversity is going to expand and leaders of tomorrow need to really think about the impact that they can have on helping to make those changes. Yeah. Very good. And it is a difficult question about the five years. I mean, it's it's really quite interesting. And it's quite funny how, as you said, there's a new variant out there. I'm going to say funny. It's it's watching people's dynamics and, and how they're actually reacting to it. And what's quite funny here is that I'm seeing people starting to question it, speculate. They're not sure. What about this? And I'm like, well, you don't know. The one thing that we do know is that change is constant and it's going to keep happening. And so we need to prepare for it and be ready for it as leaders. And going back on to what you've just said and shared with us, I think that there's strong things for people to think about as leaders going forward to start preparing themselves and their organizations and their teams in relation to further change that will happen, whether we like it or not, that's going to happen. Yeah, I think you, in the intro, you mentioned this book that we wrote called The Rive, Drive, Thrive around empowering leaders. But one of the things that we did with the book is we looked at leadership from a new leader coming on board. So an aspiring leader to an emerging and growing leader to a senior leader and really helping provide a guide and a toolkit in the book. So looking across, you know, the leadership spectrum of what do you need at what time in your career? I think we really tried to address that in our book versus, oh, I'm a leader sitting at the top. I mean, it's just, it's very practical things that I was mentioning today. We talk about in the book, you know, onboarding, collaboration, networking. So it's better cross-functionally in the organization. I think those are things that we talked about today that I just wanted to mention are part of what we really thought about when we were really starting to write the book and when we were writing the book. So. Yeah, very good. And listeners, you know, that's about the whole leadership life cycle, right? It's not just about one area and it's about how you go from one level to another level and that. So yeah. check out that book. So Niti, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get a hold of you, where should they go? They should either look at me on LinkedIn or find me on LinkedIn, Nettie, N-E-T-T-I-E, Nitzberg, N-I-T-Z-B-E-R-G. You can also find us at our website, Staterman, S-A-T-E-R-M-A-N, connect.com. And if you happen to be on Amazon and want to download the, the e-version of our book, Arrive, Drive, Thrive, it is available as an e-version right now. And the hard copy version should be available in the next several weeks. Awesome. So once again, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that it changes constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show or a question for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.